0: The following is a hoop ball presentation.
1: Plays it into the tray. 2 seconds on tray slower. In. Can't get it.
0: Kevin it fly. Swish! Oh my goodness. What well, up? Hello. Welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show here on the Hoopball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on July 4th. You can hear probably some of the fireworks. You're going to hear it throughout the program as they are going crazy where I'm at here in Atlanta, uh, celebrating obviously the 4th of July. And too bad those fireworks were not for what happened in the State Farm Arena last night as the Hawks did fall short in game six to the Bucks by 11-118-107 to end our season and to send the Milwaukee Bucks on to the NBA finals. So obviously hats off to the Milwaukee Bucks in a great series played uh, battling adversity just as we did and they moved on. But here in this episode, we have a very special guest. You're one of your favorites, one of my favorites, one of my favorite people on this earth to be on this program. We're going to talk about, you know what, you know, we it, it sucked that we lost last night, but you know what, the future is very bright for this Hawks team. We're going to talk about the expectations that this team crushed this year, what we saw from this team and where they can go going forward. So this is not a goodbye. This is definitely a see you next year. And we're going to talk about what's going to happen next year that hopefully can lend to the Hawks getting back to the Eastern Conference finals, what moves they have to make and whatnot. So a lot to talk about on this program to kind of tie a ribbon on this season. As I said, we got a very special guest. We're going to talk about game six. We're going to do all of this on this program after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A plus in school. Hopefully, you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right. And we are back here on Ball Hawks. And as I said, I had a very special guest. King Drip himself is back in the booth to help me out with this episode. Because emotionally, I just couldn't, couldn't do it by myself because it a little bit of pain from last night. But um, he is Dr. Drip, King Drip, whatever you want to call him. He's on the program. Mr. David Bracy he is here tonight to help ease the load as far as you know the burden of me giving this episode that could be very negative but it's going to be a very positive episode so i want to bring a very positive man onto the program david bracy how are we doing this evening on the fourth
1: oh we're doing well happy fourth to you don't got to work tomorrow so in the words of atlanta native future life is good life is good brad
0: red bottoms on (laughs) You know you know how we do. You know how we do. Life is good. Uh, it would be definitely better if I was talking here about a game seven in Milwaukee tomorrow night instead of the end of the season. Um, but so before we talk about the season as a whole, now that it's over, we're going to talk about a little bit about game six. And admittedly, I, I did have to work late, but I did follow the game closely and was able to actually put my eyes on the screen Mid third quarter to through the end of the game. And it was just I just felt like there were so many moments in the game last night where. The Hawks and if for those who did not watch the game, Hawks never led yesterday. In the game. They never led in the game. Um, and there were so many moments that the Hawks were so close. They were in spitting distance. They were they were a play, a stop, a tip a rebound, a basket away from just taking control of the game and really turning the momentum into their favor. And they just could never do it last night. And it was tough to watch as you hear the fireworks in the background here. It was just tough to watch at times, tough to swallow that. It's like, man, it's just that extra effort, that extra energy. The Hawks just did not have it. Now, And they had some spark last night from some players we're going to talk about here on the program. Um, And we did get Trey Young back. Uh, You you asked for it. We prayed for it. He did play last night. But I wanted to get your thoughts on last night's game um, before obviously diving into the stats and whatnot, David.
1: Yeah, you know, reflecting back on the game, there was so much to take in. Um, There's so much to take in from the season, honestly. So first and foremost, I definitely want to give You know, the Hawks all the credit in the world for everything they were able to accomplish accomplish leading up to this point. Um, And what I expect is going to be a very bright future for them. But, yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest takeaway from the first game, just off rip here, um, it's just, you know, it's Trey. You know, he he did everything he could to come back. So you got to give him credit there. Uh, I think it's always best if you lose with your best player on the floor as opposed to on the sidelines. Um, but he just wasn't right, you know, and ultimately he's the engine of that team. He's the engine of their offense, he's their heart and soul. Um, and when you're an undersized guy like he is, when you rely on that lateral quickness, that ability to absorb contact, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, um, when all of those things are kind of impaired because of a significant injury, an injury that during the regular season probably would have kept him out, you know, two to three weeks. Um when you have all that going on, it's just going to be a lot to overcome, especially in what is a closeout game. Um, even though the home crowd was incredible, Atlanta, you know, you're, you already know how great of a fan base you are for the Hawks, and I'm sure they're very thankful. Um, and also, just quickly, while I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks fans, um, completely understand all the vitriol that you have for Kevin Herter for his pick of Richie Kidd over Outcast. That is inexcusable. That is egregious.
0: I agree. Um, I definitely
1: and- agree. And it is just unacceptable. But again, you know, he is red velvet, you know, red velvet cake don't know nothing about peach cobbler. So there's just some things he still needs to learn, but he's got a lot of time in the A ahead of him. So we'll get him right. You'll get him right down there. Um, I
0: hope so. Yeah, because that's not OK. That's not OK. Not, little, um, not I'm sorry. Splashing, um What's the other song with him and um New Freezer? They ain't got none of none of the songs that Outcast got. Ain't none of them touching Hey Y'all. And hey Ya" ain't my favorite song from Outcast. So I'm but you know, that's for another program, but I I'll I'll give the floor back to you.
1: No, absolutely. I completely agree with you on all those points. And Kevin Herder, if you're listening, you know, hey, holler at me. I got a Spotify playlist. I'll share it with you. You know, I'll put you on some great music, some Outcast specifically. Uh change your mind. We'll change your mind here. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, it, it was just a lot for the Hawks to undertake, um, given the unfortunate set of circumstances that befell their superstar and their best player. Um, so you kind of saw it there. They, they were kind of discombobled at certain points in time. Um, they didn't really have any kind of consistent energy offensively. They were just kind of looking around trading buckets, relying on guys to step up and hit shots. And to their credit, you know, some of those guys did cam reddish, a whole lot of reddish down there. Uh, he looked very good, um, you know, but again, this is a guy who's still working his way back from being completely out of the lineup, you know, as far as the conditioning, as far as game shape, as far as the speed of a playoff game, let alone a closeout game. So all the credit in the world to the Hawks, everything that they did. I really like what's ahead for them. Um, and they really have nothing that they should uh, be holding their head down for because they, they really fought this all the
0: way through. Yeah, and that's one thing that we've seen, you know, time in, time out uh, this entire season, especially with Nate McMillan at the helm, is that this team will fight to the end. And that's something that you can't take away from the team. They did that in the game prior, even though they were getting, you know, drummed the entire time up in Milwaukee in game five. They definitely, you know, gave effort. And I want to give obviously Cam Reddish's flowers. I was talking offline with a coworker that, hey, like if Cam Reddish is, ha- is out there, he's healthy. We really need you know, 26 minutes or more from him. And he gave us 29 last night. He was the the X factor for the Hawks. And he would have been a great, would have been a great, Story headline: If the Hawks were able to pull it out last night, shooting seven or twelve from the floor, six or seven from the three-point line, and he just looked confident, like this is the most confident we've seen Cam Reddish all year, and this is coming off of an injury, and that's just been plaguing the Hawks the entire year um, with injuries to pretty much everybody on the roster. The constants, who as far as injuries goes on this team, have been John Collins and Herder and Gallinari, which we talked about (laughs) earlier today. Like, I don't know if we're ever gonna get another season as far as health from Gallo. Like, he, he was pretty much available most of the year. And that is a shot for a guy who a lot of people think is made of, you know, paper, Uh, like the guy on Spongebob who conned uh, Patrick and Spongebob out of the, you know, chocolate bars. Yeah, man, Uh, that man. I didn't want it to be a situation like that where Gallo conned Atlanta out a whole bunch of money and he wasn't available. But injuries have played this Hawks team the entire year and they've always been able to overcome adversity, obviously, to get to the playoffs with the injuries uh the considerable injuries they've had is just remarkable on top of you know having a coaching change you know a little bit of conflict in the locker room that leaked out earlier in the year so they have they've it took a lot to get them to this point and as disappointing you know as far as last night them not winning you have nothing like you said there's nothing to hang your hat down as an Atlanta Hawks fan because this is they exceeded all expectations. No one picked the Hawks to even beat the Knicks. I always thought they were a playoff team. I thought they can definitely potentially win a, a, a series in the playoffs this year coming into the season. But I didn't. I didn't think about anything after that. I didn't think anything after the semi, what Eastern Conference semis, or hell, hell, even the Eastern Conference finals, which they made it to this year. And we, you got to keep your cap off the trade plan, like you said. That injury would normally keep people out a few weeks. And to go out there, I mean, yes, his numbers were not great. Um, he still put up 14 points, uh, 9 assists, got to the free throw line 7 times. Not the accustomed 11 and 11, 9 to 11 times that we like to see from him. But, and like I said, going into the game, I, I said Trey Young was going to need to have an 11 to 14 assist type game. And Bogey showed up for him, 20 points. Seven or twelve shooting, two or five from three, four or five from the free throw line. He's really turned it on, and to see him healthy and knocking shots, uh, I think he's going to restore a little bit of faith as far as with the Atlanta fan base going forward and the money we're paying him. And as an, another guy alongside of Trae Young who can score, Herter really struggled in this series after obviously playing a great Game Seven up in Philadelphia to really help us win and get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Five points last night. The lowest plus minus on the team, minus 22, pretty bad. Two or 10 from the uh, field, one or six from the three point line. Uh, It's not going to cut it. John Collins only got us 13 points offensively, only had nine shots, so that's part of obviously spreading the ball out. Six or nine from the floor, 31 minutes, uh, 13 points, as I mentioned, 11 rebounds. Capella gave us 14 points, nine rebounds. And then Gallo off the bench, 13 points, uh, 3 of 5 from the three-point line, 5 of 13 from the floor. And we mentioned Cam Reddish, uh, only three points from Lou Will last night, and he only played 12 minutes. So the future is bright when you look – when I mention Okongwu, when you mention – Hurter, you forget about DeAndre Hunter, who's out right now. Cam Reddish, Bogey, who's still relatively young, 27. So kind of just hitting his stride as far as in the league. And since he's fairly new to the league, I think maybe his prime will be a little bit off. Maybe offensively will be a couple years in this window that the talks will have. Obviously, Trey Young being a young superstar. You have Capella for a few more years. You figure out if you're going to sign John Collins. There's a lot of things luring for this Hawks that's really going to bode well for the next five years and we're going to we can you know debate and argue or talk through David the window that this Hawks team have because this, obviously the East is I'm not going to say the East is wide open it's not wide open at all especially as long as you still have that team assembled in Brooklyn right now uh, you never know as far as what Philadelphia is going to do obviously they have a great foundation there? The process is there, even though we beat the process. You can't count out Boston. The Heat will actually have a, a full off season to get healthy, so you can't really discount the Heat. Uh, as long as Brad Beal and you know Russ, if they can get some people and some pieces there to Washington, so I mean, East is. I mean, there's a lot of you know contenders. I mean. Not contenders, but there's a lot of interesting narratives to follow going into this offseason. And the Hawks are going to have to do what they can to keep this roster simple, and then obviously evaluate the roster and make the right choices this offseason. So I know we kind of breezed through Game 6. I know it's maybe a little bit painful for some people. Um, is there anything I'm missing as far as Game 6? I mean, Middleton did have that crazy run in the third quarter where he scored a, 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 a correct me if i'm wrong when it 21 he had 21 in the third quarter david i believe it was 23 but i could be wrong 21 or 23 points yeah somewhere in there yeah so he went off uh we we quelled uh low a little bit he still had 13 points had the highest plus minus on the bucks team bobby Portis with 12 not the 17 18 that he had then the game prior drew holiday i thought drew holiday was the x factor for them and I know I saw some reports on ESPN that they said that Drew Holiday was going to be the X factor coming into this game. Obviously, 32 points for Middleton. I mean, you're, you're going to take that easily. But the way that Holiday the last several games has obviously he's a great rebounder as a guard. But the way he's been really dishing the ball, getting everybody involved, and his defense as well, which you know we talked about offline. I'm, I'm going to let you talk about his defense real quick.
1: <laughs> about Drew
0: Holiday. Yeah, about Drew Holiday's defense.
1: <laughs> oh, where do I begin? I mean, there's a reason why Drew Holiday gets the consistent respect um, of all of his peers in the league and of players who are far superior to him skill wise. Um, and it's because Drew Holiday is a real deal defensively. He can guard, honestly, he can guard one through three. I've seen Drew Holiday with some of the fours in the modern NBA because there aren't really any power forwards left. It's kind of an invisible position in the NBA. Um, Drew Holiday is so versatile. He is so strong. His hands are so quick. He is deceptively good at changing directions on defense. His lateral quickness is impeccable, and he has the ability to almost always put himself in the right position. As you saw when he was guarding Kevin Durant, he's not always going to be able to stop the guy. I mean, there are just some things that you can't stop. You know, Kevin Durant is one of those, in my opinion. Uh, but you saw last night, it was a little bit of everybody got a little piece of Drew Holiday. He was guarding Trey. He was guarding John. He was guarding Bogey. He was guarding Herter. I mean, the list goes on and on. Anybody who had the ball and was trying to make a play, Drew Holiday got in the way. Um, and there's a reason the Bucks brought him in. There's a reason he's going to get a big bag. And there's a reason he continues to make all defensive teams. And you saw it. Last
0: night, yeah. And another thing, we couldn't even stop him from not getting into the paint. He was getting into the paint almost at will at times Absolutely. yesterday. Yeah. And he, his three point shooting this series, he shot the ball really well from the three point line. And he was just the lift that the Bucks needed with Giannis out. And then some inconsistencies with Middleton early in the series before, obviously having that thirty eight outburst, thirty eight point outburst in game four. I want to say game four, when he had the thirty 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 eight 38 point outputs. I, I could be wrong. It could be game three. Uh, it's probably game three. I'm, I'm, yeah. This game three. Yeah. He had the 38 points, but um, Holiday has just really stepped up to the town. So like I said, I am a Drew Holiday fan uh, being um, a Louisiana sports fan, being from the great city of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and the Pelicans being the, my NBA basketball team, So to see Drew Holiday get to the NBA Finals is it does put a smile on my face, even though it's at the expense of the team that I cover here in the Atlanta Hawks. But playing 42 minutes after playing 40 plus minutes the game before and having 27 points, uh, having two blocks, four steals. We talked about his impact on the defensive end and still have. Nine rebounds and nine assists. Just a fantastic game from Drew Holiday and Middleton. They really carried this team. And then they got some help off the bench. Teague, who got some revenge on his former team here in Atlanta with 11 points off the bench he though those are some big bench points and then connington having the best game of his ser- of the series with 13 points eight rebounds off the bench and i know a lot of people were making fun of the air ball like like carlton and uh fresh prince from connington in the game one where obviously the hawks still stole game one behind trey young's master performance 48 points uh again a career high from him and second highest point scored in Hawks history in an NBA game but you got to tip your cap to the Bucks and the Hawks just when you look at the numbers and I'm looking at the numbers the numbers there weren't really any drastic you know discrepancy in the numbers when you're looking at team stats uh field goal percentage five percentage points almost five percentage points higher for the Bucks that obviously gives you an advantage. The Bucks shot great from the free throw line, but it's not like the Hawks shot bad from the free throw line as well. Three-point shooting was pretty much a wash. Rebound margin was only plus three for the Bucks. Assist margin was only plus two for the Bucks. Steals were even turnovers were only plus one for in favor of the Bucks. Fast break points were close. Uh points in the paint, which the Bucks have dominated in the entire series, was even last night. So the difference was Obviously, I think it comes down to defense and pretty much they just didn't have an answer those runs from Middleton holidays impact offensively getting to the cup and then getting other people involved I think those two were the difference maker and with a hobble Trey young I mean yes you get twenty from bogey yes you but outside of that and then obviously twenty one from reddish they didn't have someone else truly step up um in place of Trey young. This is a game where I thought Collins needed to have one of those games and, you know, 13 points and 11 rebounds is nothing to sneeze at, obviously, but you, you need more than that, in my opinion, Herder with five points. Uh, so it, it, the, as a team, the Hawks did most of the things they could to try to win the game, but we don't have certain players step up when needed. When you're losing the hustle stats, those flexions, those extra efforts to get rebounds, which we saw a lot of times, it was just very frustrating to see the the Bucks just out hustle the Hawks at times to rebounds, loose balls. Uh, as far as I mean, those things were the, the difference maker in this game, and it's why the Bucks. Are moving on to the NBA Finals and why the Hawks, are unfortunately, are uh, beginning to plan their vacation, a well-deserved vacation, because they played deep into the playoffs. So I'm just really, as, as we tie a ribbon on game six and we get to actually move forward to the offseason, what are some of the big things that uh, you are looking forward to as far as the Hawks trying to build on this momentum for next year and what to watch out for as far as everybody else in the East?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, with the Hawks, I think one of the things I'm going to be looking for mostly this offseason is to see how their roster gets better. Um, obviously, they had a huge offseason last year and it clearly paid dividends um, and they see that there's some areas they could clearly improve in. So I'm curious to see what adjustments they make in that regard. In my opinion, they could use a solidified low post scorer. I'm not really sure what ones are going to be available, either in free agency in the trade market or potentially in a buyout before next season's playoff run. So you got a lot of time there to kind of evaluate and see what's available and make the right move. Because uh, I do wonder, uh, to your point, you know, how available is Danilo Gallinari going to be for the entirety of next season? We know how rare it is for him to get 30 games, you know, let alone 60 plus and then a playoff run. Um, so. That all remains to be seen. And then as far as the makeup of the rest of the East, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, hopefully you're going to have Brooklyn back healthy. So that's going to be something to contend with Philadelphia and what they you know, what what happens with Philadelphia and Ben Simmons remains to be seen. But clearly a change is looming there. The Celtics obviously would like to resolidify themselves, at least as a playoff contender, at least as a team that, you know, has some sense of legitimacy in the race for a championship in the East. So I do expect to see some changes there with uh, Udoka coming out of Brooklyn's uh, coaching staff and taking the helm there in Boston. Brad Stevens getting that promotion. And then, of course, you know, the Bucks. I mean, their their story is far from over. Giannis is locked up for the long term. They got Drew Middleton's looking great um, so they can make a lot of moves here. Oh, wow. It's really going down outside. Boom, boom. Happy birthday, America. Uh so there's a lot of there's a lot of shakeups going on in the East. And then of course you know you got Miami, who perennially is always in the playoff conversation. Pat Riley is going to be an absolute bulldog this offseason, trying to get guys like Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, big name, you name it. He's gonna go after him as he always does. So the Hawks are well suited. Travis Schlenk, if I'm sure most people know this by now, but came over from Golden State's front office. That's kind of how he had the blueprint to create the archetype for the current roster that Atlanta finds itself with. So I think they have Very creative and ingenuitive, um, intuitive, I should say. Intuitive is the correct word. They have a very intuitive front office, um, and you see that with guys like Okongwu. Obviously, you see that with guys like Trey Young. They have a, they have a knack. They have demonstrated a knack for being able to select guys that other people may give a second thought to um without hesitation and it's it's clearly playing, paying dividends for them so like i said the horizon is very bright for the atlanta hawks i think they have a lot to look forward to definitely nothing to hang their heads about um you know you'd love to win the series but at the end of the day nobody even put you or picked you to be in this position um and you've continued to defy all odds carry that momentum in the next season and continue to
0: prove all those doubters
1: wrong until they're there become your biggest believers you know
0: yeah, and that's the type of energy they need to continue to bring into the offseason. There's probably going to be people who say this was a fluke, and that's fine. Like I said, the Hawks have been disrespected the entire year. I, I can guarantee you several things. Um, no one's going to be overlooking the Hawks next year. The Hawks are definitely going to get more national televised games next year. I can I can guarantee you that. They're going to be on national telev- television more so. They're going to have an all-star or two next year, at least one, uh, Trey Young should have been an All Star this year. He's going to be an All Star next year, um, barring injury. Knock on wood, right there. We play for, pray for you know health and wealth for all of our players and all the players in the league as well. We never want to see any stars get hurt, but I can guarantee you, health aside, Trey Young's going to be an All Star, and this team is going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry. Uh, Benjamin Millen could be a little bit more comfortable because obviously it, it, it will, I don't know when it'll come out, but he, he will probably be the head coach. And if he's not, I'm I'm, I'm this is gonna be i'm it's gonna be a very angry podcast that's gonna come out at some point. But uh, you bring back Nate McMillan, you you try to solidify a lot of the core pieces. I know Lou Will, who was contemplating retirement, uh did kind of you know, tease the thought of, you know, coming back next year and playing for this Hawks team, especially after this run. I know that leaving the Clippers organization that made it to the, you know, they made it to the Western conference finals. So I know he was kind of, you know, okay, what is really going on in Atlanta? Like, are they really real? He didn't really know. He just knew that obviously that's home, but what's up with their, you know, professional basketball team. And I think he learned what this team was made of. And so really we'll see if we can resign Lou Will to a, you know, a lower con- a a cheaper contract, I would like to say, not a lower, um, you mentioned, you know, a point guard, a uh, Brendan Goodwin, who has made leaps and bounds this year. Didn't get to showcase his, you know, development in the postseason because he was out with a respiratory infection for the entire playoffs. Uh, do you have faith in him? Do you have faith in Chris Dunn, who, you know, hopefully can have a full offseason of being healthy and learning the offense and maybe getting some, building some, you know, continuity with the players here because I think he would be a really good backup point guard to have, especially defensively, as a defensive stopper on the perimeter. Um, but do you go out in free agents, free agent uh, market and try to find someone there? You, you mentioned a scoring post. I definitely agree. There are some scoring posts available there. And uh, I mentioned, obviously, this guy doesn't play defense at all. And we already have Gallows. So we don't need too many post players who can't play defense. But Ennis Cantor is a scoring uh, post player that could be a threat off the bench for the Hawks that you can get for relatively cheap. But when you're talking about money and you're talking about free agency, we, we, we can't forget John Collins. And it's going to be a big off season as far as are we going to sign John Collins? Are we going to put forth the effort to have a conversation with him and say, hey, what could you realistically take to stay here because of what we got going on and brewing here? Um and there's going to be a lot of questions that John Collins has to uh, to answer as far as you know his touches he wants more touches offensively he's improved as a three point shooter which i, I mean he's I, I would want to i want to keep him i want to keep him and i always fight that he needs to get his 11 to 12 touches sorry 12 to 13 touches as far as shots per game i've been a huge advocate about of this on this program but are we are we going to, you know, craft an offense uh, to get that, to get that? Are are, are we going to do it? What changes are we going to make on the coaching staff to help out offensively? Because I know one of the things that we talked about offline, David, was the thing that was really frustrating at times was a lot of hero bar, a lot of not a lot of movement last night offensively to get people open looks and there was a lot of times where trey was dribbling the ball or bogey was dribbling the ball and all the other players off ball were not moving not putting themselves in position to be seen to even give the ball handler an outlet to pass to um which made the offense stagnant at times and you said the inconsistency and energy and flow of the offense yesterday um that's something that needs to improve um, I, I, and i think on top of you know a post player who can score we need to improve rebounding uh, again, against, you know, some bigger opponents that we have here in the East. We were always out-rebounded in the Philadelphia series for the most part, out rebounding in this series. And frankly, we were out-rebounded in the Knicks series as well. So rebounding is going to have to be addressed. That three-point shooting did improve this year. Um, but I think it can get better as far as, you know, really working on the flow of the offense, incorporating, continue to incorporate more ball movement, shoot for that mid-20s, mark as far as for team assist so there is definitely room for improvement and when you talk about the east there are a lot of players in the east that can make it hard for the hawks to get back to this point so that's why it's crucial as you spoke to david that the hawks do their homework this offseason, really evaluate their roster bring back nick mcmillan talk to john collins be very very transparent and communicate early and often as far as money and paying john collins and then seeing where this is this team's gonna go. We're gonna get DeAndre Hunter healthy, and that's another thing. Team just needs to get healthy. Trey Young, Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, DeAndre Hunter get healthy. Bogey was dealing with the knee. He needs to get healthy. There are several players on this roster that just healthy. This team, this team can definitely be built to compete for the next few years. So I want to ask you, with the pieces they have and some of the decisions they have to make, where do you see as the window? for this team as far as competing for potentially an nba title um barring obviously the moves they make this offseason i think this offseason is crucial
1: yeah that's a good question it's hard to say you know because unfortunately in the nba the hunt for a championship is fleeting you know you only have so many so many years in a given window uh, to really maximize the superstars talent and the roster around them and that's if you have a superstar and a roster around them you know so to have all these circumstances kind of culminate in the perfect storm and give you the opportunity to get there, it, it is definitely not something to be taken for granted. But to the Hawks' credit, I don't think that they are. Um, I don't think that they're taking it for granted at all. You know, you heard some of the comments from the guys post-game. Bogdanovich saying the next year, you know, Atlanta's going to be one of the hardest places to win a game during the regular season. You need that. You need that. And they clearly saw the difference that it made, you know, going up against the Bucs. You, you would have loved to have Game 7 coming back to Atlanta. You would have loved to have the pressure be on the Bucks in that regard. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that was not the case. Um, so I definitely think the window for them is gonna be as long as Trey Young's in Atlanta. Um and it looks like to me he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, you know, this is a guy who started off on the team. There was a there was a funny story that I read um about this this gas station Trey would always go to, still goes to. Um and he would go in there all the time, get the same couple snacks, you know, blow up a gas tank and get out of there. And it wasn't until the series against the Knicks when he started going in there and everybody's noticing them and everybody's going, Oh, Oh, Trey, man. Oh, 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 do the shimmy. Oh, oh, this, that, you know, and he, and this is a guy who the city has clearly really embraced him. They've embraced his grit, his grind, his attitude, um, you know, and, and the roster as a whole. So I think that Trey is enjoying his time in Atlanta. I think that he's going to be there for the long haul. Um, and as I said, when you have a guy like that, who is clearly trying to, And continuing to solidify himself as, you know, a top 10, 15, 20, 25, wherever you want to put him in there, depending on the year and the game Um, guy in the league. When you have a guy like that, you're you're sitting pretty. You're sitting pretty because a lot of franchises can't say as much. So I think the future is bright for Atlanta here.
0: And I echo those sentiments. I, I think the future definitely is bright for Atlanta. And it's it's about, obviously, continuing to make the right moves. They made a lot of great moves this offseason and even during the season, making the swap for Rondo and Lou Will. And, obviously, Lou Will won us a couple games this postseason with his playoff the bench. So it's just all about continuing to make the right moves. And when you look at the roster next year, uh, though, there's 10 players who are on the roster right now, uh, contractually obligated to the Hawks. That's Gallo, Bogey, Capella, Trey, DeAndre Hunter, Okongu, Chris Dunn reddish Herder, and bruno fernando and the odd people out right now tony snell lou will restricted free agent john collins restricted brandon goodwin solomon hill nathan knight who will probably definitely be back as a strict restricted i mean he's gonna be back skylar Mays is gonna be back so we we have some you know we have some players coming back there's still some decisions to be made maybe some restructuring of contracts if possible Um, But the biggest thing is, you know, bringing back John Collins. That's that's the biggest thing this offseason. And obviously the things that we mentioned, uh, if you're going to. Go with Brandon Goodwin. as the backup point guard. Are you going to trust Chris Dunn or do we need to go get someone uh, another post score and that maybe could provide some rim protection as well? We need to obviously look at the market there. I don't do this. Like last year, the Hawks had the most money to spend in free agency. The Hawks don't need to spend a lot of money in free agency right now. It's all about development and finding the right pieces to fit with this locker room in this you know, the culture as far as far, and obviously the roster and being on the court as well, which is a great challenge to have. And, and it's definitely a, a stark contrast from where the Hawks were just a couple of years ago. Um, this is what, you know, the upper echelon teams have to decide. It's about keeping that nucleus intact and who can come in and make a positive impact in the locker room, on the court, who can, you know, complement, what we already are good at who can fill a hole these are i'm glad that you know the hawks are going into the off season with those you know pressing needs instead of we need we just need to fill this roster we need players we need to fill like and they done did that done that and we already have the right guy at the top of things, I think we need to bring in an offensive mind uh, as far as an assistant a coach that can maybe help run the offense. And then Nate Miller can worry about the rotations and then focus on defensive adjustments a little bit more so. Um, obviously, with his input on the offense, but I think an offensive mind on the coaching staff, those are the little things that I think that. When We need to do going forward But it's, it's an, not a super long Off season uh, as we're it's July And the NBA finals are just Now about to start uh, compa- In comparison to obviously being done A little bit sooner uh, so not a long Off season but still Some time to you know make some decisions uh, Going forward so Is there anything that you're looking forward to Whether it's Hawks this off season Whether you want to talk about the NBA Finals and and I am I mean, like I said, I, I, I'd be happy to see Drew win. It, it would sound a little bit better if we lost to the NBA, you know, champion Milwaukee Bucks. But I would, you know, I'm torn because I love Chris Paul as well. Um, so anything you want to talk about as far as what you're excited for this offseason or with the NBA finals coming up?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, to be present. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for the finals game starting on Tuesday. Uh, Two teams that haven't been here in a long time, Bucks much longer than the Suns. Um, But either way, you know, you have guys all across both rosters that you'd love to see get their first ring. And, you know, this is what, you know, NBA fans claim that they wanted, parody. You know, two teams that nobody really picked to get here on the biggest stage playing for the NBA championship. The days of the Cavs and the Warriors every single season are long gone, um, not coming back. You know, I mean, you know, unless the Warriors gonna get Damian Lillard and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'm rocking with the Suns. I'm not going to say Suns and Foe because I, uh, I don't I don't bring that kind of energy to the podcast or to the games. Um, But I, I love CP. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming for him. And I'd really love for him to be able to bookmark his career with a moment like this. Um, And then on the opposite side of the aisle, you know, the Greek freak. Uh, this is. What some would say, uh, you know, is the the return on investment for loyalty. You know, your your first NBA Finals appearance. You could have walked away. Searching for this, you stayed pat and look where you are. Um, so hopefully he's healthy. He's able to play. Uh, both rosters are at full strength and we get a really competitive series because I think it could go down. It could go down to the wire here. It really could.
0: Yeah. And uh, if anybody's close to Eric Bledsoe, check in on the man. Uh, with both of his former teams in the ma final i don't yeah. want to be here <laughs> yeah definitely uh check in on man's right now i mean yeah yeah he, he got a check and he's a brother getting paid so you know you can never hate on a brother getting paid but yeah i want to check in on man's but um just like i said i'm excited to watch the finals uh see obviously two franchises that won the suns who've never won it and the Bucks, who last won it in the 70s, I want to say. It was 70s the last time they won an NBA Finals for NBA Championship. So uh, it'll be fun to watch, uh, but I'm just really excited. Uh, obviously, I, I just want the Hawks players to get rest, well-deserved rest. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough for, you know, what you provided to the city, the energy that you've Brought to town as far as the NBA basketball team here, and I hope that we can sustain the support Um, If you are interested in getting season tickets, do that Because like Bogey said, we want the State Farm Arena to be packed every single night We want it to be a tough environment for opposing teams to come And we want to have that true home court advantage As obviously fans can be in the stands now Obviously act right when you're at the games But Fill that arena every night. Support these young players. Support Trey Young. Vote for him as an all-star. Make your voice be heard. Um, uh, voting in Georgia, that's a you know touchy subject right now. But as far as NBA goes, vote him as an all-star next year. And I said, let's just continue this thing going. I know the organization going to do everything they can to get back to the nba uh, sorry eastern conference finals and hopefully get to the nba finals in the next five years um like i said the east is going to be competitive again and we're gonna have to do what we gotta do to put ourselves in position to get back so uh we wanted to be positive this episode um i definitely could not record last night i was at a local watering hole watching the game and it Probably felt the same way as you all did watching that performance and watching, you know, the season slowly end until they hit double zeros. And we put out, you know, the bench lineup uh, to give the last curtain call for the Hawks for this 2020, 2021 season. But I'm excited for the 2021, 2022 season. And David, I can't thank you enough for coming on this program. I I feel a lot better that I had you up on here. So, you know, tell listeners what you got going on uh going forward as you know you still got some things cooking up on the program and just with this off season coming up
1: yeah absolutely as always you can find me on instagram and twitter dfb underscore three uh definitely got some stuff cooking up for the network me and alan got a master plan and we're going to be laying it out here for all you lovely ladies and gentlemen very soon here and, of course, your favorite host, Brad Harden, will hopefully be a part of that as well. So much more to come here. Lots of visual mediums coming. Definitely, if you're not already following the HoopBall page on Twitter, make sure you're checking that out as well as on Instagram. they got a lot of awesome content letting you know about all the amazing shows that Alan and all the guys here are working really hard to roll out for the network. So Please, please, please like, subscribe, follow, do the damn thing. I don't know if I can say damn, but I said it. Um, do the thing. Uh, get it done. We appreciate every single one of you. And, Brad, I am always appreciative of any opportunity that I have to come on your show. You did an incredible job covering an incredible team this season. And much like the Hawks, your future is very bright, my friend. I'm very, very excited for you. And as always,
0: whenever you need somebody
1: to hop on the podcast and talk trash about Ben Simmons, man, holler at me because it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
0: Man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Check him out. Check us out at hoop-ball.com. We're not stopping even though the off season is here, and I'm certainly not stopping as I'm going to continue to give you content throughout the off season. Free agency, draft coverage, all of that. I'm going to do my homework so I can best inform you guys on what is going on with the Hawks and what we can look forward to to the 2021-2022 season. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars give us a good review share it tell everybody if you missed out on hoop all hawks this year share it with some friends atlanta sports fans hawks fans nba fans basketball fans pretty much anybody with ears that want to hear this sulky smooth voice talk about the atlanta hawks share it with them have them catch up and get on board as far as the bandwagon starting to gonna is gonna get full for the hawks Benwagon gonna get full for this program as well. I can't thank you guys enough for your support of this program, but continue to tell more and more people about the show. Okay? Tell more and more people about the show and follow us at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. Follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T 67. Go hawks. Happy fourth. Off season is here Mixed emotions But you know what We're going to make the most of it We're going to keep that content rolling here Here on Hoop All Hawks